The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages with Rare Gem Productions. Learn more at SuccessfulMarriages.org. And here are your hosts, the doctor and the missus, Marissa Q. Payne and Dr. James Payne. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. Hey, welcome back to Life, Love, and Leadership with Dr. James and Marissa Q. Payne. I'm Marissa Q. Payne. And I'm Dr. James Payne. And we are super excited to have you back for another thrilling episode of Life, Love, and Leadership. Yes, I am like coming in singing this week. (laughs) (laughs) There's always some singing going on in this house. I know, it's holiday time. Oh, that's probably where the kids get it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't think about it much, but we, I definitely grew up in a music house and um, love music. Mm-hmm. I, I probably, I don't sing as much as my kids do, but I, I definitely sing quite a bit. You do as well. I do. I do. Uh, I love the classics. And so I will belt out a good James Cleveland every now and again. People don't like it in my house, but they got to learn to live with it. <laughs> So let's talk about what a classic is for starters. Okay. <laughs> like you said, I belt out the classics and then you said James Cleveland. Yes, that's classic <laughs> gospel music right there. You don't think James Cleveland is a uh, a classic? Well, you didn't specify gospel for ah, starters. Okay. You said the classics. So in that genre of music, James Cleveland is a classical artist in my estimation. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't. Well, no disrespect to James. We appreciate his contributions, but it is typically pretty depressing music. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. And the fact that you consider it a classic tells us everything we need to know about your taste in music. Wow. But we don't hold it against you. Wow. We love you still. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I appreciate that. I'm glad you love me still. So if this is your first time listening, um, where have you been all season? We are in wrapping up like it is holiday time and this is what the last one of two yes yeah we're one of two of um and we will be wrapping up our first season we're super super excited about what's in store for season two absolutely Um, we'll be on a break for a little bit but super excited to come back um bigger and better taking the feedback and um inviting some guests into the studio with us so stay tuned for that but in the meantime get your notebook out because you definitely need it in between all the laughing on this podcast, we drop real tips, tools, resources you can use in life, love, and leadership. Grab a pen, hit the subscribe or follow button so you don't miss a single tidbit. Hmm. Baby, what are we talking about today? So today we're going to be talking about how to heal after the loss of a relationship. Oh. Uh, and so this is definitely something you want to stick around for. You don't want to get stuck Uh, in that place after a relationship ends. Mm. So really having a plan and a strategy for how to move your life forward is important. That's good. Yeah. Like at recovering from a breakup or separation, divorce. Yeah. Absolutely. All the above, all the above. These tools and tips will help you across that gamut. You know what? That's actually really interesting because um, I was researching um, divorce statistics. And Mm. I think that there are some myths out there about Mm. divorce. You know, everybody knows or has heard, you know, oh, divorce is on the rise and the statistics are so high. Mm. And I think it creates this um, gloomy 
outlook mm-hmm. about marriage mm-hmm. that it gives marriage a bad rep and we don't deserve it, you mm-hmm. know? So yes, overall the divorce rate is about 50%. Mm-hmm. But when you really start digging into it, um, first marriages is actually about 40%. Mm-hmm. So that means actually the odds are in your favor. Um, and those odds can actually increase depending on how old you are, right? What your income level is, mm-hmm. you know, just how wise you come into yeah. it. Which how is, ready you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How ready you are. Um, so it's really not true that all marriages fail or sure. that sort of thing. So so that's one thing. Um, and then second marriages, I think, is 70% mm. um, failure rate. And third marriages is an 80% failure rate. Wow. So that's where the 50% average comes from. Mm. But, you know, all divorces are not created equal. Sure. Um, and, you know, we're really passionate about preventing needless divorce, mm. like we say. And that's really... The kind that, you know, you just let things fester, um, the communication is bad, you know, the um, not necessarily the major stuff where there's egregious, mm. you know, stuff. But when it when it really doesn't have to necessarily be that way, that you can increase your skill and, you know, change your heart and actually can can hang in there. So, yeah, um, I think having the conversation about you know, how to recover uh, from the loss of a relationship is a really good one. Yeah, I agree. And uh, looking forward to getting into that, because when I hear you talk about needless divorce, you know, the first thing that just pops in my mind is, you know, maintaining your relationship. So just doing the things that you would naturally Mm. do in life to maintain anything you care about, uh, taking those steps to maintain your relationship. So that helps to prevent that needless divorce. But before we get into that, I always like to know what's going on in that curly head of yours. (laughs) What's on your mind this week, sweetheart? Listen, you know what? I had a topic, and then when you said curly head, that make me made me think about my hair. Mm. So um, we, <laughs> our audience, I'm sorry, you're just gonna have to forgive me, but you will probably hear about this vow renewal, you know, pretty much until the event happens mm. um, during our 25th anniversary. And so at the moment, I am trying to grow this curly head so that I can have more options for my look. Okay. During the vow renewal. All right. I wish um, I had that option. <laughs> you know, you do. Like, no, like what? You Have you seen the hair replacement and like, or the hair extension, men's hair extension I options? Can't, I can't go there. That are available? I can't go there. I can't go there. Why not? Because it's not mine. Like... Okay. It is, if you pay for it, it's yeah, yours. Yeah, I just can't do it. I can't do that. They are really doing some amazing stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I have seen, you need to Instagram some of these videos. You might change your mind. Wait, I thought you said you liked me. I, I was just about to say it because I know you. <laughs> <laughs> I literally knew that was coming, but I love your like, hair. You got way too excited about that. I love it. But I'm just saying, like, it's pretty cool okay. to, you know, they like, spray the stuff and put the paper on the head and then mm. pull hair from back here and it's it's pretty cool pretty spectacular but so turns out mm. you're not that sad about your look at after all because you don't want to try to like make new hair yeah i don't want to try to make artificial anything if it's not mine and i'm good 
I'll make this ball head work. So anyway, I am um, growing my hair. It's a struggle because I don't really like a lot of hair. And as soon as it gets like to a certain stage, I, I'm used to cutting it. I don't like it, you know, being longer than my ear or at my ear. So we're struggling, but we we gonna we gonna you know hmm. give it a shot. Which is funny because you like my hair like it is as well, right? Yes, I do. Absolutely. So maybe I don't need to even go through all you that. You don't need to do any of that. Your hair is perfect. Just the way it is (laughs) but i have a vision for what i want so that's what matters um but that isn't actually what i wanted to talk about (laughs) but when you said curly head that is what came to my mind at the moment which is the danger of asking what's on marissa's mind Mm -hmm. because you just never know just never know never know (laughs) the other thing that has been on my mind i was reading um a recent new york times article that um could i be my own soulmate Mm. Could I be my own soulmate? Tell me about that. Yeah. So, you know, Lizzo, the artist, has a a song out, Soulmate. And um, she actually was, I think she was quoted in the article. Sometimes I get confused with where, you know, my sources are coming from. But Mm -hmm. there's this concept of being self-partnered. Like, I'm a partner, me, myself, and I, that's all I got in the end, right? (laughs) Like, (laughs) I can depend on me. I'm self-partnered. Um, and that's a lot easier and some are saying healthier, Mm. um, when you are putting less stock in, you know, um, the ring and, you know, having a relationship, an intimate partner, having a marriage, Mm. um, that you get satisfied and happy with yourself. Um, so it's kind of like a two part discussion. I think, I think the first question is, about this soulmate concept. And then the second part is about being self-partnered. So do you believe in soulmates? Uh, Do I believe in soulmates? Great question. Yeah, I believe in soulmates. I I think you, uh, yeah, absolutely. So what does it mean to you? Uh, Soulmates to me means somebody who is uh, named Marissa Q. (laughs) Payne. Uh, who is just like the female version of me. <laughs> and we have this great connection, this great friendship. We connect on a soul level. Mm. And um, so it's not just physical. It's not just uh, emotional. Uh, but it's, there, there are depths that are greater than that. And so we connect mm. at a soul uh, level, like when we are not in the same space for elongated periods of time. My soul can hurt Aww. because I'm missing you. So... Uh, that's what I think about when I think about soulmates. Got you. It's interesting because I was thinking about um, you were sharing an, a, another couple that we admire. You saw them walking and you were mm. like saying how yeah. sweet it was to see them. Yes. Um, that you kind of considered them. You know, I think you can think about couples mm. um, that stand out yeah. and that seem to be like just made for each other. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But then there are also couples that don't necessarily seem that way. Hmm. So what makes, how do you know if somebody is your soulmate? Hmm. How do you know somebody is your soulmate? Well, I think there is, um, there's no formula, Hmm. uh, if you will. It's an awareness. Uh, It's like I tell people when I'm shopping for something or I'm looking for something uh, and they ask me, you know, uh, can I help you? And I'm like, I'm browsing for this and I will kind of know it when I see it. Uh, I will know it when I experience it. And Mm. so I think it's really the same with, uh, with soulmates. Wow. Yeah. 
So do you think you should only marry your soulmate if you have that kind of connection? Should you only marry your soulmate? Yeah, like, are you looking for your soulmate? And should you not marry unless, you know, you have that, oh, they had me at hello kind of moment? Well, I think think you can answer that a couple different ways. Here's my response. Uh, There are over five, six billion people on the planet. Right. Uh, And I do think that... Uh, you can have, you know, successful relationship uh, with people. But I think finding somebody that you connect with uh, on a soul level, I think you should hold out until that's true. Um, so what if it doesn't happen? Well, if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so then you settle for the regular relationship. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or... It, it, well, and I would kind of flip it back to you because mm-hmm. so in my estimation, I say you don't settle. Um, but how, what do you think? See, I, I'm, this is actually really interesting and it's, this is fairly impromptu for us. So I don't think every relationship, every marriage is a soulmate marriage. Definitely not. Um, and I, I'm not sure every marriage can be. Hmm. Um, and, and, or if that's a bad thing, you know, so there's the statistics out there that are saying, you know, just in terms of population, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's not enough. Cause like in order for it to, for you to be able to quote unquote, find your soulmate, like there's some assumptions embedded in that that you know the stars have to line up where they're in your city in your neighborhood or at the event that like you have to be able to meet them and that's really limiting in a global world Mm -hmm. like i think that you know if the possibilities are endless Mm -hmm. yes there is definitely someone that you can connect to at a soul level but are you going to actually be able to meet them in your lifetime Oh, I don't know. Well, I also think it it doesn't necessarily, and this may be where we uh, diverge, but I don't necessarily think it has to be a single person. Uh, I actually think that you You can connect to multiple people. Yeah, you you, you can develop a soulmate relationship with um, other people. Uh, So I don't don't necessarily think it has to be um, just. What do you mean you can. So you can develop. So I, I think a soulmate relationship is uh, one that develops over time. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't say when you and I first started courting and dating and whatnot that we would have audibled that we were soulmates. It mm-hmm. was something that through the, the expanse of time, mm-hmm. we grew to love and care and respect and want each other and think about each other at a soul level. Yeah, I mean, no. At 13, 14, was it like, oh, I just found my soulmate? No. Mm. However, I do think that's what happened. We were just too young to appreciate it. I think that um, the way we are wired and our common interest and like all the stuff that like brought us together and more importantly the stuff that has kept us together is what made us soulmates and I don't think well I know right because we did our best to tear it up Hmm. and it 
it wouldn't. Hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't, I think that's a blessing. I don't think everybody gets that. Like mm-hmm. our purpose was connected. Mm-hmm. Or we were created to be connected to each other. I do believe that. Sure. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's deep. We gonna have to, I guess we need to continue yeah, this we'll conversation. We'll have to come back to that conversation for sure. <laughs> we're supposed to be wise, but we definitely, I don't have an answer on that. Listen, ever learning, ever learning. So then the second part of it is, can you be your own soulmate? Or mm. like, what do you think about this? Um, now I will say that this, you know, survey shows that two thirds of Americans at least believe in a soulmate. Um, but I, you know, again, I just think about, you know, people that are looking right for a relationship, looking for the person, their equal, you know, someone that they connect with on a soul level and just haven't found it necessarily Mm. yet. Um, or people that never find it, you know, it's plenty of people that, that, you know, come and desire it, but it just doesn't happen. Mm. Um, so, like, what does that mean in terms of their ability to connect and have a happy, healthy relationship? You know, like, is it settling if you don't, if you find someone that you can be happy with mm-hmm. and build a life with, but, you know, you don't necessarily, like, you're different and not necessarily at that soul level, but, mm-hmm. you know, it's still a great relationship. I, I think that's probably okay. Wait, so I thought the question was around, can you be your own soul? Oh, I keep skipping. I don't, you, you got to keep up. You can so, switch yes. the question already. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, well, well, I got thrown off because I was saying how two thirds of Americans believe in the soulmate. But yeah, so then the question, that is the question. I think because people have not necessarily found it, now people are taking less weight off of the need to find it and saying, you know, I'm going to be my own soulmate. Mm. Um, I'm partnered with myself, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is pretty empowering as well. What do you think about that? Well, I think it's good to have uh, good self-esteem, self-awareness, self-concept, and to feel good about yourself. Uh, this is a new term to me mm. that I'm, you can be your own soulmate. So I'm still kind of processing through that uh, without having you know, the actual definition in front of me, I would say you probably can be oh. uh, your own soulmate, uh, just kind of based on how you described it. Sometimes yeah. you just surprise me. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, because um, I think that, and that's part of our um, model for building a love that lasts, right? Like this need to have a relationship to complete you mm. is not good. Well, the, the only thing about that is I kind of think through my response is... oh you're backtracking. Uh, you know, I'm processing. So the idea of soulmates uh, really um, talks about connecting, you know, one to another. So there being a connectivity of two souls. Uh, I think I am going to back all the way out oh of my Oh, my gosh. And say, I think if you... Um, you know, you, you feel good about yourself, high self-esteem, all that good stuff. It's wonderful. But I don't necessarily know that you can be your own soulmate mm-hmm. because I, I, I can't get my mind to take that out of that 
uh, duality context where you need multiple souls to be mates. I got you. Yeah. That's that's fair. Yeah, you know, it's and like I said, the intimate partner component is just one aspect, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have family, social life, personal wellness, uh, volunteer work, you know, just kind of creativity and recreational outlets, plus, you know, romantic involvement. And mm-hmm. I think the more I think the the essence of what they're talking about is honoring that holistic nature of who we are as human beings Mm -hmm. and not like overweighting the intimate partner piece more than all the other pieces that are possible Mm -hmm. in this human experience. I got you. um, Which I think is pretty cool. No, absolutely. So that is what's on my mind this week. All right. Okay, so before we skip to the fight of the week, of course, we have been um, sharing questions from the intimacy deck as um, a tool, an opportunity to um, spark stimulating conversation in your relationship. So I have three new questions this week. Uh, First question, Dr. Payne, what did you learn about marriage from your parents? I think what I learned uh, from my parents about Uh, marriage is really just self-expression. They were very expressive people. Uh, They wanted you to know how they felt, especially my dad, uh, about you all the time. And so I find myself picking up that trait and just expressing myself to my family quite a bit because it's just ingrained in me. I know, your dad... You know, hey, baby, how you doing? Did I tell you I love you? And it was like, we weren't big I love you people. So yeah. it was like, uh, yeah, yeah. no, you didn't. Then I have to say it back. It was weird, but, yeah. you know, appreciative. I, I, I feel yeah. that. So that sense of expression is definitely what comes to mind for me. What'd you learn? What did I learn from my grandparents? You know, I don't remember anything like necessarily explicit. I think this is the thing about how we learn. You know, we always say, um, do as I say, not as I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but of course, children learn by what you do, not what you say. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking more about what I saw in them um, to learn about marriage. Um, and, you know, what I saw was a, a loving husband who you know, open doors and um, a loving wife who cooked and cared for her husband is a pretty traditional um, Mm. model, I would say. Um, I did not see them fight a lot, Mm. um, hardly ever. Um, I didn't know how, that's why I say like, we never really talked about marriage and I didn't see I don't know how they worked stuff out or decided stuff, you know, like in our house, there's a family calendar and we have, you know, family mealtime and family meetings. Like we didn't do any of that. It was more um, subtle. Hmm. Um, So you just kind of learned by observing. Hmm. Um, But, you know, I had a I had a great childhood. So um, and I wound up with a guy similar to my grandfather. So that's very cool. Okay, last question. If our relationship ended tomorrow, sorry, and of course that would only be by death because that's the only way our relationship would end, um, what three things would you miss the most? Wow. 
if our relationship ended tomorrow, what three things would I miss the most? Um, so first and foremost uh, would be your presence. Mm-hmm. Um, being with you that means everything to me. Uh, it is, you're like the highlight of my day uh, every day. Uh, and so your presence is important. Um, I think your, um, your spirit, uh, in, in terms of, uh, you are, uh, someone I think who adds life to me. I, I mm-hmm. have a tendency, um, you know, I, I have been, should I say when we first got together, I think I was probably more of a dry person, if you, <laughs> if you will, uh, than you. And I refer to you as a wild liberal. Uh, and so I referred to myself as a, a conservative personality. Uh, You've gotten more extroverted over the yeah, years, I, I for have. sure. I have, I have. And part of that is just, you know, letting you influence me. So I think um, uh, your presence, uh, your spirit, uh, and then just, um, just, just the ability to see that beautiful smile. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. What would you miss about me? Oh my goodness. Um, I would miss you. <laughs> um, I would miss snuggling for sure. I don't even know how I would get on without the ability to snuggle, um, yeah, definitely would miss, you know, laying up against your chest and snuggling. Uh, I would miss um, your goofiness. Who is going to make me laugh? Um, you know, mm. I would miss the laughing. We have so much fun together. Yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the third thing I would miss, oh, my God, who is going to drive me around? <laughs> to hire a driver with the insurance money (laughs) that is hilarious that is hilarious accurate but hilarious wow i'm terrible i'm sorry but that's what came to my mind (laughs) i love you you sure yeah i love you too all right let's move on to the fight of the week Um, so this is really easy. So we had a conversation about, um, date night Hmm. and I told you that I would like for you to plan a date, like to be more proactive in planning. So when we go on our trips and things like that, usually I'm the planner. I plan the itinerary. I look up the restaurants. I look up the venues and entertainment options and stuff like that and I was just like you know it would be nice to be able to just go show up and do you know once in a while so I want I told you I wanted you to plan Mm -hmm. and so um you heard me which I appreciate and you have been doing um a really nice job of planning some dates for us which is pretty cool Mm -hmm. um and so we were talking about it and we um went to uh gala for your fraternity recently and you wanted credit for that as one of your planned dates and i disagreed i was like that wasn't a date that was something like that was like 
I don't know that like that doesn't count because you didn't have to plant like we were going to go to that anyway throughout the ordinary course of life. Yeah. So you, you have to take the initiative to make it happen. Yes. So that's the planning component that should qualify to your litmus test of, you know, planning a date. Maybe it's because it was your fraternity that makes it feel like not a date as much because it's like regular calendar events. But to to what you said earlier, you were like, you were going to go anyway. Well, I'm going to eat every day anyway, too. (laughs) But I still found a way to make it special. So... I think it's a date. It was a date. There was some debate about it, but I'm going to give it to you. Both (laughs) activities are a date, and you planned them both, so thank you. So for today's topic, we're going to be dealing with how to heal after the loss of a relationship. And really, this is heavy lifting uh, because when you truly put yourself out there in a relationship and you invest the time and energy and trust into trying to build something with someone uh, and that thing doesn't work out, that can cause a lot of pain, trauma and anxiety. Uh, And I know you hate this phrase, but it can cause you to sometimes Feel away. <laughs> well, you can you can lose yourself. You can lose mm. your footing. You can lose your sense of self. You know, if you over identify with the relationship, if you don't take the time to, you know, really grieve it and yeah. heal from it, recover yeah. from it, um, it, it can be kind of bad. So I, I definitely think it's worth talking about. Absolutely. Absolutely. So today we want to deal with two things that we want you to resist or avoid. Uh, when you're dealing with the loss of a relationship and two things we want you to embrace, pursue, and to do Mm. uh, when you are dealing with the loss of a relationship. So the first thing that comes to mind, we want you to resist or avoid this, and it's avoid isolating yourself from your support systems. Mm. Uh, The people who care about you and genuinely want to help you recover. Uh, I know often when life collapses around us, our instinct uh, is to go internal and try to protect ourselves. Uh, but in doing so, we sometimes, you know, shut out the very people who love and care about us uh, as we do this, who want to be there for. So, oh my gosh, that is like that's so true. Especially if, um, well, not necessarily especially if, but I think a, an example of that is like if there's been some, you know, if your friends didn't really support the relationship in mm-hmm. the first place, you don't want to give them the satisfaction. Mm. You know, or if you made some choices that you felt like were right for you and it didn't work out, it's mm. kind of hard to like, you know, go back and tuck your tail between your legs or what have you um, with the people that love you. But when the people love you, you know, generally speaking, they're not going to do the whole I told you so thing. Yeah. Um, some of them might. But um, I think bottom line is like, don't, you know, relationships are fluid you know so if it didn't work it didn't work like there's nothing to be ashamed of per se if you made some mistakes you know my one of my favorite phrases from john maxwell sometimes you win sometimes you learn you know if you learn from it um then fantastic so Yeah. yeah i like that Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the uh, key takeaways, even from scripture for me on this, uh, is the Bible talks about it's not good for a man and mankind uh, to be alone. Like people need people. Uh, Mm -hmm. And so it's important 
uh, not to isolate yourself and you know shut down from people who are in your support system uh, who really want to be there to help you get through. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the second thing that you really want to resist when you're going through this process is to resist the urge to replace your pain with a person, Ooh. Uh, which is huge, which is huge. <laughs> yeah, I once heard a lady uh, I- express this sentiment, and I thought it was the craziest thing I ever heard. Uh, she said, the best way to get over a man is to get un- under another one. <laughs> You've heard <laughs> You've heard that same unwise counsel. You've heard that same unwise counsel. Uh, but rebound relationships don't work because, I mean, really, they're rooted and grounded in selfishness. It's all about, you know, what I need to get over where I am. It's not rooted in anything authentic, so they can't work. Well, selfishness or hurt mm. or pain, any of those heightened emotions is not a good time to make good decisions. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, You know, and I mean, it's one thing to spend time with someone, you want the company or what have you, but trying to, you know, go right into a serious relationship from a serious relationship definitely um, a red flag, not necessarily a good idea. Yeah, those relationships can be disingenuous. And we all know that hurt people have a tendency to hurt people. Uh, I think about it. It's like, you know, someone who's abusing alcohol or something to try to anesthetize some pain. Uh, But in this case, you're using another person. Yeah, I think we talked about this a little bit in our episode. Are you really ready to love? But Mm -hmm. I think that you have like, you need to get be at a place where you can see your ex hmm. um, and not want to, you know, take Punch an ex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not want to harm them, not cry. Hmm. Um, you know, if you can be cordial with them and wish them well, hmm. you're ready to move on. Wow. You know, if you are still carrying unforgiveness, if you're still hurt, um, you know, if you're still emotionally impacted by the separation or the breakup, you're not ready to go into another relationship. You yeah. are definitely going to be bringing baggage with you. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's enough of the stuff not to do. Okay. So the next one is something you definitely want to do. We encourage you to do. Uh, and that's to regain custody of yourself. Uh, and that's to accept the current reality and take responsibility for any learning or any lessons that you need to take away uh, from the breakup and, and really just kind of regaining your sense of self and your identity aside from who you were in the relationship. Custody. I think like taking back possession of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so are you saying that you lose yourself in the relationship? Well, I definitely think when you are invested in another person, uh, you don't necessarily have to lose yourself per se, uh, but I definitely think there is uh, some measure of a spread like you spread yourself differently mm. when you're in relationship than you are when you are uh, a single entity not in relationship. And so mm. it's it's just a matter of kind of regaining that custody, that full custody of yourself. Full custody. That's interesting. I love that. Uh, and then the last leg of that stool for something that you should definitely do uh, is practice forgiveness. Uh, and that is learning to forgive yourself for any mistakes you may have made along the journey, forgiving your partner. You don't want to be holding bitterness and grudges uh, because you can't hold, uh, go forward if you're holding somebody else hostage in your past. Uh, forgive God. Uh, you're angry at God about something. Uh, but to forgive anyone uh, you may be holding ill will against because your relationship didn't work out. 
You know, that's interesting. I was just talking with somebody about this and um, I don't know if we've talked about this, you know, how to forgive. Mm. Um, but 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 they asked me that question. It was just like I was just like, well, it sounds like you haven't forgiven him yet. Um, and she said, I don't know how, mm. you know, and so um, really thinking about it's it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually do, do it, it yeah, you know, because yeah. it doesn't happen overnight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say I forgive you, mm. you know, um, but. Do you really, right? And then if they don't ask for it, mm-hmm. you know, that that's where it's really like someone did you wrong. Wow. And they don't necessarily see that they did you wrong or they don't care is the hardest, mm-hmm. you know, part. So it's like, how do you forgive somebody that did you dirty? Fool me once, fool you on you, fool me twice, yeah. you know, fool me fool you on me. Yeah. Um but when you carry it, you're walking around, you know, I call it walking around with extra backpacks. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you get on the plane, you can't carry that much weight. Like, right. you got to let it go. Wow. Um, so, you know, I was just like, one of the ways I know that's helpful is to pray for them, hmm. you know, to wish them well. Wow. That is, can you say just a little bit more? <laughs> about wishing someone well and praying because that is heavy lifting i'm sitting there thinking about you know someone that i may have like major ought against yeah uh and the the natural me is like wow there's no way i want things to go well for you i can't stand you i want a plane to fall out of the sky on you you know what and 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 honestly it's my go-to like when someone really does me harm yeah i pray for them Mm. um almost immediately wow um because i don't want that on me you Mm. know um and i know if i let it linger too long then i'm going to get mixed into my emotions get angry about it fester get entitled my ego's gonna set in all all stuff I don't want wow. and can't, I don't need no extra backpacks. Wow. So wow. I, you know, as quickly as I can, I tend to pray for them, um, you know, that things would go well for them. I pray for me as well. You know, God help me not to let this um, blind me. Don't let this um, hinder me. Hmm. Keep me open and uh, bless them. Wow. Um, uh, and let no harm come to them. Wow. You know, I believe firmly in the law of sowing and reaping. Yeah. So I try really hard not to do people the way they do me. Mm. <laughs> wow. 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 Um, so, wow. Yeah. And that's something you really embody and believe in your spirit. Like when you're so, so you, I, I'm imagining if you're praying for somebody, you are at a point where you're really releasing whatever the offense was mm. uh, you may have experienced for the prayer to be genuine yeah. and it not just to be words. Yeah. And, and in some ways, I'm like I said, it's not about them, mm. it's for me, wow. you know, and I know that, that. Just as much as I'm doing it for someone else, somebody has to do it for me. Yeah. You know, I am not perfect. (laughs) Hmm. I am not near perfect. Sure. Right. And I make mistakes. I say things. Lord knows. You're the reason God made grace. I'm the reason that God made grace. (laughs) And so I'm praying for them, but Hmm. I'm also praying 
you know, for me. Yeah. I I want him to to bless me. Sure. Um, I want him to favor me. Yeah. And I cannot have that if I'm wishing ill will on somebody else. Mm. It just doesn't it doesn't serve me. So I always say that, you know, the first step in forgiveness is to pray for them. Wow. 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 That is major. That is major. So uh, definitely uh, two things to resist or avoid uh, and two things to practice and to do. Uh, again, avoid isolating yourself from your support systems. Uh, resist the urge to replace your pain with the person. Uh, and then to do these two things, regain custody of yourself. Yes. And lastly, as my wife so eloquently uh, put together, learn to practice forgiveness. Practice forgiveness. And yeah. that's I think that that's a key word, that it's a practice. Yeah. Which means, you know, it's not done overnight. Mm -hmm. But if you practice, practice makes better. Practice I don't say makes practice better. makes better. Perfect. I say practice makes better. Yeah. But uh, yeah. And you'll be blessed as a result of it. Yeah. yeah and yeah. before you know it, like like I said, you'll be able to look at them hmm. and it not bother you anymore. Wow. Uh, and then, you know, you're ready. Hmm. No, I really like that. Practice makes better and better builds acumen. And before you know it, you have a new skill. Yes. Yeah. All right, folks. So on that note, we are going to call this an episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have one more show in season one and then a few little surprises for you. Um, so you'll definitely want to stay tuned for that. Um, please share this with someone that you know that needs to hear it. And as always, we look forward to hearing your feedback in social spaces. If you've got a question or a topic suggestion, you can send that to us at SuccessfulMarriages.org. Thanks so much. This is Life, Love, and Leadership. The Life, Love, and Leadership podcast is a presentation of Marissa Q. Payne International, Dr. James Payne Speaks, and the Foundation for Successful Marriages. Connect with us, find us and follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to learn more about our guests, show notes, services, events, or to get involved, visit SuccessfulMarriages.org. Life, Love, and Leadership is another positive production of Rare Gem Productions. Thanks for listening.